So this individual, Margie Henderson, she says that she was a kindergarten teacher for 38 years. And my experience taught me that it is very important to prepare the atmosphere in the classroom before the children arrive. Therefore, I will begin each day praying in the spirit as I walk the classroom while laying hands on each child's chair, believing they would receive the Father's love through me because when students know you care, learning follows. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? I love that. When I related to them as if they were my own children, learning followed. And when I needed a solution for them in a difficult situation, I asked for a God-given idea as I walked from my position in the room to that particular child, the answer came. Praise God. Woo! Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast with Al Jennings. When you receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. Listen in as we discuss the effortless life of God's grace. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast. I've got a special, special guest, someone who is very close to me and dear to my heart, someone I do life with. Yes. Her name is Carla Jennings, <laughs> my lovely wife. I give her a kiss right in front of you, but she get that it. gloss on me. Yeah. You'll have shiny lips. Yep. So, you'll look handsome. It'll add to your your look. Yeah, I'm already handsome. And good looking. Yeah, all right, we're being all silly, right. but we got something very important to talk about as parents and students are going back to school. <coughs> parents and school. Teachers and students <laughs> are going back to school. Yep. Parents are preparing their children and young adults and so forth, taking kids to college and yeah. all that good stuff. All right, you can kind of feel it in the air when it's back to school time, can't mm -hmm. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exciting so, time. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, some things that will be an encouragement for those of you who are teachers or students or parents and um, everybody can get involved with this because we're also going to talk about how people who do not have students in school and they're not teachers and how they can pray yeah absolutely yeah because yeah. Uh, how important is is that to pray for our uh, students and teachers so important um it's for many reasons. One, um, our children are the future, right? And our teachers are um, imparting into them um, knowledge from the books, but as well, the children are gaining knowledge um, while they're at school from their peers. Um, they're gaining knowledge um, just by being in that environment. So. We want our kids to take in what's necessary, and we don't want them taking in um, behaviors and attitudes and knowledge that will not serve them, and that's not uh, truth. And so, um, you know, we know that there's book knowledge, um, and there's also life knowledge, and we also know that there's knowledge coming from God. And our schools, um, public schools have taken 
the um, prayer out and the Bible out. And so we as believers and our children can take it in just by being representatives of who we are. Mm -hmm. We go in. Um, they can't take who we are away. No, you know? and they no. can't take prayer out of the schools. They can as an institution. Oh, right. But um, no, nothing can stop yes, uh, that's so our students true. from going in yeah. there and praying. Praise right, God. Right, you can right. pray in the spirit, pray with the understanding, yep. pray under your breath. Right at their Go desk. find a spot. Yeah, and <laughs> get the along. bathroom stalls. Yeah. That's right. Teachers can go in their supply closet, call on Jesus. That's right. Yeah, so definitely you're right and correct that it, it cannot be taken out of the school. Mm -hmm. um, there so. are some schools, however, that they have so many problems and discipline problems and things that they don't care. Like, bring Jesus or, like, whoever can help us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and God Jesus can, can, can give us the best help. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and so I'm going to say off the off the top, if whatever is not politically correct, um, not confessing to know everything that's com completely um, politically correct, but I do know what is correct from the Word of God. And as parents, um, we are first. It's a privilege that God has given parents the opportunity to um, instill into children. Like, you know, they've been given to us, and it's a blessing and an honor to um, to be parents. I know we are, um, our children are all grown and gone. You know, we have five kids and three grandkids, so our three grandkids are still in school. We have two high schoolers and an elementary um, grandkid uh, child, so... Um, but you know we're we're too far away uh, in a sense to to be totally involved in their school education in that way. But prayer, praying for them daily, is what we do and confess the word of God over them. And so that's definitely something as grandparents and parents, um, aunties and uncles, um, we can do for the kids mm -hmm. because there's power in God's word and we don't want to underestimate the power of God's word and that's where I want to start um, okay. a couple of foundational scriptures Malachi 3 6 um, talks about so I for I am the Lord and change not so and he was um, this is in the Old Testament if and if he was um, if, if he didn't being God then, he is still God today, mm -hmm. right? And the, and he, the, the covenant that they were under in the old covenant had benefits and promises. Now that we're under the new covenant, we have better promises established upon yes. better promises. And so we, um, we can stand on that, that God is the same. And he's, he changes not. And then in Numbers 23 and 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie. And actually, I want to read that uh, from the NIV. It's so powerful. And it says, um, find, okay, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind, meaning human beings change their minds. Mm -hmm. Human beings can lie. God don't change his mind, nope. doesn't lie. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And so having those promises then, knowing that he hasn't changed, we still have them today. Yes. And so with that attitude and with that knowing, we can go 
before the Father or we can stand um, in, in who we are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus as parents, as grandchildren, um, and as grandparents, and stand in on that. And if God hasn't changed, then today, as I petition him, Father, I thank you for your protection over our grandchildren, um, over the teachers, over the schools. And the Bible also says that if one could put a thousand to flight, then two and two could put two to 10,000 to flight. How much more, you know, as we all come together and declare some things. And that was one of the things that we did at um, the service, we made some declarations and we made some affirmations. The difference between the two, an affirmation always starts with an I am. And so I believe it's important that we help the children establish some affirmations mm -hmm. because they can begin to say out of their own mouths what God says about them. And so how many times have we heard and you've taught us often about uh, encouraging parents not to call their children dumb or stupid or bad, you know, because what you're doing is you're creating that image in them. And so when they're faced with opposition in school or on the playground, they're going to hear you're so dumb or you're bad because more, more than likely somehow that other child is going to say that too. And so if they heard it from home and now they're hearing it on the playground, those two, one plus one to them equals two. But if they're hearing you are amazing at home and on the playground, if they're hearing I'm dumb, they're going to believe I'm amazing mm -hmm. before they believe I'm dumb. Yeah, because one minus one is <laughs> one is zero. They're gonna zero that out, right? Yeah, that's good. And so it's important <laughs> what the, what parents are saying to their kids at home. And so create for them or let them come up with one or two or three I am's. I am smart. I am kind. Right. And then allow them to add maybe once a week or every other day, add a new I am. And so that they can begin to say about themselves what God says and how yeah. he sees them. That's good. There's yeah. nothing wrong with me. Yeah. That's a good one. Yep. There's that's a really good one because kids, even especially with social media today, kids are um, comparing themselves mm -hmm. um, with their peers, comparing themselves with um, images they see on yeah, social media. That, and yeah, like and what people look like, like certain people look a certain way, models and right. those um, Instagram stars, that's not the right term for them, but influencers. Mm -hmm. Influencers, and, yeah. yeah. And then there, you know, when it comes to, I've, I've learned this about photography and um, they can do all kinds of things to take pounds off of you. Mm -hmm. They can do all kinds of things to enhance your look. Now, there's nothing wrong with enhancing your look, but it it is something wrong when you're living by that image or, or, or a child is um, being influenced 
by that to make them feel like they have to look like that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, there's a whole lot wrapped up in this. I know we w- we're not going to be able to get it all done in one setting, but it's all good. We'll, we'll, we'll cover um, some important things and um, that I think that should be on the table uh, as we go into a new school year. Yeah. And I yeah. know recently you interviewed some current and former teachers and yeah. asked for their input. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was so fun. And, 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 and I would say interview per se. I just reached out and just okay. asked them. You know, I gave them a couple of questions and mm-hmm. said, you know, give me some feedback on it. And yeah. it was really good. And uh, I'll share those because um, I believe that they'll be very, very helpful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, very helpful. And and this is important to know. This uh, really was strong in my heart to say that the um, the teachers not the enemy, the students aren't the enemy, the parents aren't the enemy, Mm-mm. the school system's not the enemy, Mm-mm. the devil yes. is the enemy. He comes to steal, yeah. kill, and yeah. destroy. He throws a rock and go hides his head, and everybody's pointing. pointing at each yeah, other. if you all would do this, if the school system would do that, no. But if we would come together mm-hmm. as um, parents and teachers and educators and and grandparents, just come together and let's see how we can make this school year an amazing school year for everyone. Mm -hmm. And even believing, one of the things that we've been praying um, concerning teachers um, in our Thursday morning prayer is we're believing that the teachers get compensated, you know, for what they do. They do so much. much. And some of them are having to go into their own pockets to buy supplies, and that shouldn't be the case. And so, um, so, one of the things that we're believing is that the teachers are, are well compensated. Yes. You know. Don't get paid enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this teaching is, um, it's a huge job. Oof. It's a huge job. And even though I'm not in a, I'm not a teacher and I'm not in the classroom, but I'm around school teachers and I'm around students because I have the opportunity to go to after school programs Mm -hmm. um, and share and teach yoga and things fitness and so I get a chance to interact with the kids and I get a chance to interact with the school so I'm seeing both sides and just a little opportunity to interact with the parents but I get a chance when I have that opportunity I ask the Lord to help me to love on them Right. Even though I'm there for yoga or I'm there for fitness, I want the opportunity to just love on them, give them a smile, um, hug when I can, high fives, tell them how amazing they mm-hmm. are. And it's just it's 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 a great, great time. Mm-hmm. It makes yeah. a difference. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. And so uh, with all that being said, um, how, how are we doing on time? Doing good. We're doing good? Okay. Um, you can I talk wanted... as long as you want. All righty. <laughs> and so what I'll do is I'll interject a couple of these things as we mm-hmm. have discussions because it may bring up some questions as well as we go. So um, I reached out to one of, and some of these um, educators and students are from, and parents are from Summit, and some are outside of Summit. So... 
Um, I was Summit from, Church, that's the I'm church sorry, yeah. that we pastor. Yes, or yeah. Summit Church, right? Uh, Fort Wayne and Summit Church, Indianapolis, and then um, Summer um, outside of the ministry. So this, um, I call these words of wisdom from retired um, educators. And uh, so this individual, Margie Henderson, she says that she was a kindergarten teacher for 38 years. And in my experience taught me that it is very important to prepare the atmosphere in the classroom before the student arrive or child or children arrive. Therefore, I will begin each day praying in the spirit as I walk the classroom while laying hands on each child's chair, believing they would receive the Father's love through me because when students know you care, learning follows. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? I love that. When I related to them as if they were my own children, learning followed. And when I needed a solution for them in a difficult situation, I asked for a God-given idea as I walked from my position in the room to that particular child, the answer came. Praise God. Woo! It worked time and time again. Last, I always thank the parents. This is amazing. I always thank the parents at my first encounter for, for allowing me to teach and love their child while in my care. I thank God that I was a Christian educator in a public school setting, setting in a public school setting, glorifying God while helping children learn and getting successful results. That's powerful. Isn't that powerful? Mm -hmm. Like so that is, so that is definitely a tool that is so great about praying over each child's chair. And so what happens? That requires the teacher to get there early. And and so maybe, you know, some teachers may say, well, you know, I don't I don't have time to do all that, you know, pray. Um, well, you know, just walk down the, do a general prayer. I, I speak blessings over every child. And then just go and touch every chair. Mm -hmm. And maybe you don't have time to touch every chair. Just declare the goodness of God over your classroom. But I love what she said about thanking the parent. That's wisdom there because what happens, you're, you're, as a teacher, when you're thanking the parent for giving you the opportunity to be with their child, to me, that says this teacher cares. And when that, when a parent knows that a teacher cares about their child, mm -hmm. that teacher can get anything from that parent. Meaning that parent is going to be willing to be a, a, a parent class helper, um, to bring in the snacks, to do things. Because right away, the teacher pulled on the heartstring of that parent and got them involved by just saying how much they appreciate. Mm -hmm. So I see so much wisdom in that statement. Um, and then, you know, because we don't, as teachers, I won't say we, I'm not a teacher. As teacher, parents, I know I didn't expect the teachers to know everything. Mm -hmm. I know that they, um, 
even though they have their education, they have their degrees, there are situations out of the book that they may not know about. So with that, um, it's important to give the teachers grace as parents. That's good. You know, because they're not there to solve our children's lives. Right. They're there to, to give them the education from, from the books that they have been given to teach from. And it's up to us as parents when the child comes home with this education and what they know um, is to be able to have conversation with it. And if it needs to be deciphered, if it needs to be altered, then, you know, we would have an opportunity to, to do so. And so, um, so yeah, but I love what, I love what um, Margie Henderson, former uh, retired teacher, said. Here's from another retired teacher, uh, Chris Barnett. She said, I worked for IPS, Indianapolis Public School, for 33 years as a teacher and administrator. I encourage all who touch a young life, a young person's life, from the classroom teachers to the sport coaches to care for each individual student with care, love, and with patience. Everyone needs to know they are important, mm -hmm. potential leaders, and can make a difference in life. Teachers, live your life daily in high expectations of your students. Expect and have a great year. And I love that latter part. I love it all, that latter part. Teachers, live your life daily in high expectations, high expectations. of your students. Yeah. Because, That's so key. Yeah. Yep. Because a lot of times, excuse me, I have something caught in my throat. A lot of times uh, a student may do something uh, or may come from a particular background and if we're not careful, or if the teacher isn't careful, they will have a certain expectation. And sometimes, if it's a if it's a uh, a background that isn't very pleasing, then that teacher can easily have a low expectation mm -hmm. from that child. Mm -hmm. When in fact, the opposite should happen. So are the, it's not the kids' fault that they're coming from homes, perhaps, that are filled with um, chaos mm -hmm. or whatever, if that's the case. Mm -hmm. Negativity. Yeah, it's not their fault. So it's an opportunity for teachers to change the, uh, the uh, trajectory, help to change. It's not, not, it's not up to them to, you know, to be God but to help change the trajectory of the child by having a greater expectation hmm. from the children or for, for them. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so I love, I love what Chris Barnett had to say. So I'll, I'll leave it. I'll set, set there, set here with those two and then come back uh, with, with a couple other uh, things to say. Um, you have any questions right now? Mm, any no, thoughts come good. up? Okay. No, it's good stuff. <laughs> All right. I'll just move into some of the other uh, response responses that I got. Uh, I reached out to a high school teacher, a couple of high school teachers, and um, this particular teacher mentioned Tiffany Shannon, 
My advice I would recommend for parents is to talk to their child about putting down their phone while the teacher is talking. Teachers spend a, a great deal of preparation time to educate students. If their advice, um, if their device is a part of the lesson, that's fine. But just to sit and scroll on the social media platforms is considered rude. Then the students ask, uh, can you please explain to me what you just talked about? And so you know how that goes. They're not paying attention, so therefore uh, they, the teacher has to repeat themselves. Um, one of the uh, requests was just asking the parents to have meaningful conversation with their children. Don't accept school was good today. You know, you know <laughs> and we've, we probably, and I'm sure, did that. Like, how was school today? It was good. And we didn't go any further. Like, oh, how was it good, right? So ask the Lord to help you as parents to be creative to ask the right questions. <laughs> Don't ask yes and no questions. <laughs> I was thinking about Princeton. Uh, I was recently visiting, um, well, both of us, we visited our grandchildren and our oldest daughter. And you didn't stay as long as I did, but I got a chance to pick him up on his first day of kindergarten. And... Uh, his mom asked him, well, no, it was on the second day because I had to leave and go pick up um, Trey, okay. the other grandson. Okay. So anyway, uh, when Janelle asked Princeton, how was your day? He said, not good. <laughs> he said somebody hit him or something. Oh, and he said, what, first grader, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't serious. Though. Right. But, um, so the second day, um, I asked him, how was your day? He's like, not good. And I'm like, either on the second day or the third day, I think it may, may have been the third day he said that. And I'm like, okay, we gotta, we're going to have to change that. <laughs> okay. So he had a good day today. I'm sure it wasn't all bad. May, may have been some negative things that happened in that day. But, hey, yes. let's, let's change that confession. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. this, this is a good day today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And so it's it's an opportunity to help them. And I know sometimes it's said, you know, give the children a chance to digress or, you know, come home and, and, and chill for a bit yeah. before trying yeah. to draw out. And every child is different. And that's another thing as parents and, and um, teachers, which, which makes it really challenging for the teachers because you have so many different personalities mm -hmm. in your classroom and learning levels. Um, one of the feedbacks that I got from uh, a current graduate is said, um, I would say if teachers would incorporate all three learning styles, hearing, seeing, and doing into all lessons plans, it would help engage more, more students um, more often than not. Mm. So, um, because you have different kids that learn more about hand, yeah. with hands-on. That's me, man. Yeah. yeah, I'm a visual learner. I, I'm so too, I think, I let me see it and then let me hold it, you know, hands-on. Yeah. And so, um, some people can just hear it and they got it, right? So, um, so yeah, it's just learning, learning that and, and implementing some of those things. I thought was really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was wanting to get to this point uh, that one a recent graduate uh, mentioned 
to um, figure out um, how your students learn. And sometimes you may, and it, it ties in with this same um, statement, but maybe you have a, a, a class that you can um, categorize the seers, the hands-on, you know, I mean, but that creates more work for the teacher. But it's a, it's a great, um, a great thought. Um, oh, this is from a, uh, a father of a middle schooler, which I thought was really good. And uh, the input that this particular father says is that uh, more organization for the students, perhaps. The more organized they are, the more peace they have. And so that's really, really good. Because if, if, if the child leaves home discombobulated, that takes that into the school, into the classroom. Mm -hmm. So for instance, so if your child is leaving home and they're rushing and running around, gathering up their books and gathering up their, um, their assignments and everything, their lunch, then that same kind of behavior and rushing will go right into their day. So instead, perhaps, the night before, ask them, hey, where are your books? Where, where is your assignment? So that they can put it all together and have it all in one place. Mm -hmm. And I know every, <laughs> uh, every night it's not going to be that smooth. But it's definitely something that you can consider as you're getting ready for the next day. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really, really a good, uh, a good thought. Um, he mentioned daily affirmations for this, uh, for the student. Um, yeah, that, that was really, really good. Um, one mother said smaller classrooms, which that would be great. It would just require more educators. Because the reason why the classrooms are so big is because they don't have enough teachers. Mm. So, yeah. so that's an issue. So that's something that we've been praying for uh, in, in prayer on Thursday mornings. And so we're just believing uh, for things to turn around for the school system. Um, I was going to say, anybody have any questions? <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, really good stuff. anyways, uh, and I and I I know I feel like I'm just running off and running off, and um, let's see. Oh, and this was an idea that I wanted to suggest: um, some healthy food ideas and um, some healthy games. So, what does that mean? So, say for instance, um, you know your kid is having a hard time getting their uh, water. So, for instance, that week could be um, a water challenge. It's like, what is that? <laughs> so, let's say for instance, the uh, Monday, here comes Monday. And so for two days, let's just start with two. Don't do the whole week because that could be a lot for the kids to go without their favorite juice. <clears throat> but let's say for two days we have a water challenge and all your beverages for even you, mom and dad, <laughs> all the beverages for the day, those two days will be water. And then whoever does the, does it, 
consistently on Wednesday, they get to drink the drink of their choice. And then let's move into Thursday. Then we go back Thursday, Friday, you do two days of the water challenge. And then on Saturday, here we go, you get to drink the drink of your choice. You're laughing about that. Why? I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so that's that's just a what one way of incorporating some healthy choices and ideas because mm -hmm. you hear all the time from the kids as well as adults, I don't like water or um, you know, I don't have time to drink water, but I we're don't like it either. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, it's necessary. It is. And I think it's also a way that we can educate our kids because it, we can share why they need to drink it. Mm -hmm. And like 75% of our body is water. And so that's, it's an opportunity for them to, um, to teach them about their body and how the body, it, if the, the water that goes in is flushing out the um, the toxins and all that that comes in, so it's a it's a good way to share with our kids, uh, educate them about their bodies and why we're asking them to drink water. Because sometimes we, as parents, we're guilty with saying because I said so, <laughs> right? Which that is good and that is true, but it would really be great to give education behind why we say so mm -hmm. because that helps it helps the kids to remember they may not remember everything that we uh, tell them and they don't but i believe that the more that we share with them and practice what we share with them that those are the things that they'll remember mm -hmm. yeah so so that's just a, a a idea for some healthy uh food tips, ideas, and keep as many healthy treats around the house and less junk food around the house. That's just another suggestion. If the junk food is there, more, more than likely they're going to go for that than they would the healthier foods, right? Whether it's, um, you know, eliminate the foods with all the food colors like the Doritos and things like that as much as you can, the, the sodas, any of that kind of stuff will definitely, um, you know, is, is not the healthiest. And I know that everybody's on a different uh, budget. So do your best to choose the things that will go the furthest that are going to be the most healthiest. And then do your best. Don't be guilty about it. Um, don't beat yourself up about it. I know one of the things that one teacher mentioned is show the kids some grace right mm -hmm. like be be um don't be so hard on the kids they're facing so many different oppositions there's so much happening um they you know when we were going to school there are things mm -hmm. that the kids are dealing with today that we didn't even have to think mm -hmm. about and so those things are happening and so as parents and as teachers extend grace to the kids you know um, try to find out why they're coming to school sleepy. Try to find out uh, instead of saying, you need to go to bed, you need to you know, put that phone down, but find out there may be some under, um, some under, under, what's the word I word? Some underlying. Some underlying things that 
are contributing to this situation and always believe the best. Try to always believe the best, even if that child comes in and lie to you time and time again. Do your best to try to find out, you know, why that is. One thing that I did uh, when I was working, when I would go into uh, one of the youth centers and, um, and, and this one kid would just always be so angry, would just keep the, just an angry face. And um, so I, you know, I did that reverse thing where I just was, would tell him how handsome he was. And how kind. So you are really kind. You just don't want to smile about it, right? Didn't change it at first. It took a while. <laughs> but before long, you know, it took some days. It took some, you know, some repeated times and some repeated things. And then, you know, before, you know, we were having conversation. He was smiling. Um, and so it's just you speak life. You know, sometimes they don't, they don't understand that they're even giving off what they're giving off. But you can be con in control more of the outcome by speaking life to the mm -hmm. situation or speaking what the word of God says, calling those things that be not as though they were. So you're, yeah. you're, you're speaking over that child. You are healthy. Mm -hmm. You are happy. You are kind. Speaking right? life over them. You're speaking them. life over them. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do it in their presence. Yeah. You know, you can write that, jot that name down, that child's name down. And, and when you think about them, just declare some things over them. All right? Yeah, death and life okay. are in the power of the tongue. Yes. I do have a question. I don't want to stop your role. Though. No, please go. So how does a student deal with a bully situation and then somebody's bullying them at school? And then how does a parent deal with that when their child is going through it? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if I have the exact, uh, I'm sure every situation is different, but so what I would do as a parent that has a child that's being bullied. What did you do? <laughs> tell, I, tell that story. Oh, I can say what I did, but I was a child then being bullied. <laughs> what did your sister tell you? Well, my sister, this was old school, man. Old school said, if you don't deal with it, I'm going to do That's a funny story. You. I think you should tell yeah, it. Yeah, well, <laughs> when I was in third grade, I'll never forget it. And I, um, I was a, we would play kickball every day at recess. <laughs> and our team happened to be the team that was always winning. And there was a girl that didn't like the fact that, and I, and I don't know why she ended up picking me to bully. Nobody else on the team, you know, it, and that's how bullies, they will look for the weakest link or the nicest person. It I'm going to say it I was, was the nicest. the devil. <laughs> so she didn't like that. And so she, um, you know, would just come up and push me and, you know, be really mean to me. And it frightened me. It made me not want to go to school. And I remember one day I, I had hid behind a chair at home because I was afraid to go to school. <laughs> and so my mom was home that day because uh, she still worked. She was a, a, a nurse. She was a nurse. And I was I was hidden I was hiding behind a chair and I was trying to be as quiet as I could and I did something I made a noise and she came in and saw that I was there and 
Word got to my one of my older sisters. Wait, wait, wait. You were going to stay there all day? I don't chill? know. <laughs> what do you think was going to happen? I have no idea. And that's the thing. When you are afraid, you do silly stuff. Fear is not our friend. And so I... Uh, I hid behind the chair. My mom found me or heard me. And so word got to one of the older sisters that I uh, was afraid to go to school. And so this that the next day, she was combing my hair and very calmly was saying, hey, uh, I heard that, you know, you uh, afraid to go to school, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, the end of the conversation is, if you don't stand up to her, you're going to have to deal with me. Whoa, and I that put fear in me. And so I went to school that day, and lo and behold, guess who won the kickball game? <laughs> Our team won the kickball game, and that girl, just, just every time we would win, she came up to me. I was standing in line. We were going back in, and she pushed me. I turned around, and I gave her the biggest push. I knocked her down and everybody behind her, and she has didn't, t- didn't mess with me anymore. Until this day, she is a friend of mine on Facebook. <laughs> yes. And here's, here's another. Okay, this is powerful right here. So that's, that's what you, you should do, people, if you got a child that's being bullied. Just uh, smack, have them tell no, them to go and smack them as hard as they can. No, no, no. No. I, I scratch so, that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to come to that. Okay, I'm going to answer that <laughs> to what I believe a believer or a student and parents should do. So first, they should, the, the students should talk to the parent and the two of them, depending on the situation, they can either go to the teacher and let the teacher know that this is happening, um, which I think would before that, pray and ask God for wisdom. If you are, if they are believers, ask God for wisdom. Um, not to say that they shouldn't, that they shouldn't do anything. Um, sometimes it, it could pass over, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or if, if it's something that keeps happening, uh, address the child, let the child know that it's not them, that it's that person uh, not being kind. Mm-hmm. So that 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 the child doesn't feel like uh, feel guilty, feel guilty, like or, they did something exactly, and then bring it to the teacher's attention, and then perhaps the teacher could call a meeting uh, for the the two sides and and discuss this situation with the families, and this is where I really believe too that that it, again it's not the child is the enemy. The bully isn't the enemy. Mm-hmm. It's the enemy that is provoking Shaking. the kids to do these things to each other. So if we could get the families together and encourage and let this the child know that's doing the bullying, right? Like, this is not acceptable. Uh, you know, that's not how you treat people. And then and let let it be handled together. That would be my first. And then I believe if it's something that keeps persisting, um, then it should be handled, uh, you know, mm-hmm. another way. Yeah. If something can be happening at home that's um, affecting that bully yeah. um, to, the person to that's behave bullying. that uh-huh. way. Yeah. 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 Because I, like I like to say, because you were saying, you know, uh, the child isn't 
bad, he's doing bad things. Right. Right? The child isn't a bully. He is bullying. Right? Is that Would that be correct? Because we want to... Yeah, right. That's That's right. Yeah. yeah, he's bullying, and well, that's, he's not not bully. that's, right. that's not who he is. That's uh, not right. That's not who he is. Yeah, yeah, and so, so, so that's just that's my take on it. But let's go back to my scenario. Okay, this is powerful. So that was in third grade when that happened out on the playground. Fast forward in my life, last year. I was back on that playground. I had a Taha moment. I was back <laughs> on that playground and I was teaching kids how to, uh, oh God, I was teaching them yoga. So I was teaching and I was able to incorporate some life lessons in that. And that's when I had a Taha moment. The same place where I was being bullying, I was able to come back years later and encourage life. That's good. And I was like, what a full circle. <laughs> <laughs> and it was such an amazing moment for me. It was a time that I just said, God, you're so good. You're so good. He knows how um, to just take situations in our lives, you know, that need to be mended or need to um, be complete. And, and he turns it around for our good. What the enemy wanted to be a, a time in my life to, to show defeat, God used that. Even though I handled that situation then as a third grader, he still took that and showed me something greater from that. I love it. I love, love, love it. So that was that was a really big Tahoe moment. Um, I'm going to end with um, actually uh, a prayer. I have a, a good, prayer good, and good, uh, good. for um, for all those involved. Awesome. All right. So you ready? Yes. All right. So great. the categories that we're covering this covers. Because in the prayer, I may just say child mm -hmm. or student, but we're covering all of these categories. Okay. We're covering teachers, substitute teachers, students, parents, guardians. It may not maybe a grandparent or whatever. If you're a guardian of, of students, homeschoolers, mm -hmm. homeless children, mm. coaches, student athletes, managers, counselors, administrators, any office workers, nurses, cafeteria workers, janitors, bus drivers and assistants, special needs teachers and students, single parent homes, blended families, and any other areas that I missed, you're covered mm -hmm. in this particular prayer. Good. Okay. Awesome. All right. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare and decree over our children. We mandate and we legislate what is written in the word of God. In the name of Jesus, we decree boldness and confidence in what your word says concerning our children and our families. 
We believe and declare that our children are filled with your power. We decree that our children are blessed of the Lord and established in your ways. Yes, Lord. Their steps are ordered of the Lord. We declare that our children are not confused, perplexed, or tortured mentally concerning their identity. Mm-hmm. They are who you say they are yes. and you and Thank who you. you created them to be. Yes, before they were in their mother's womb, according to Jeremiah 1.5. Thank you, Jesus. We believe and declare that any and all demonic thoughts are recognized and dismissed from their thought process. Those thoughts will die unsuccessfully. Our children have the mind of Christ. We believe and declare that our children are safe going to school, while at school, returning home from school, and while at home. We decree that our children excel in their education and fulfill that which you placed them here on the earth to do. We declare that our children are healthy, mentally, physically, and socially. They are respectful, kind, considerate, polite, willing to communicate to resolve disagreements. We decree that our children are surrounded by those that will inspire, motivate, and fulfill their God-given purpose. We declare that our children are attentive, alert, and participate in their classroom with their teachers and classmates. We declare this will be an amazing and wonderful year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ooh, that's anointed right there. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. The prayers of the righteous make tremendous power available. Yes, it does. Well, thanks, Carla, for sharing. That's some powerful stuff to encourage our parents and teachers and students. Amen. Yes. Praise God. We want them to know that they're loved and uh, they matter. Yeah. Yeah, They matter. They really do. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to the Living by Grace podcast. This is Al and my special guest, Carla, and we are out. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today for the Living by Grace podcast. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved, totally righteous, and destined to win because of Jesus. Have an amazing day.